Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message from our pastor, Robert Madu. Our hope is that you would not only feel inspired, but that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. I'm beginning a new series today. And I want to center this series around one word. One word. This one word that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks This word is so vital, it's so necessary, it's so imperative for where we are as a church and as a community. One single word. I had 31 days off from preaching, and uh, I'm obsessed with this word. I cannot stop thinking about this word. I keep dreaming about this word. I see everything in life now through the lens of this word. Matter of fact, You are sitting in this word right now. The reason we're going to Gillies, because of this word right here. We're going to do some merch with this word. If we don't do merch, I'm getting it tatted on my face. That's how serious (laughs) I am about this. This word is why some of you are frustrated in life right now. This word is why some of you are blessed right now. This word is why some of you lay your head on your pillow at night and you cry tears of regret. This word can transform generations. This word can change your destiny and your legacy. It's just one word. I'm going to talk about it for a long time. Start today. It's one word. Hope you can get it. Capacity. Capacity. I'm obsessed with this word. Capacity, the power of capacity, the potentiality of capacity, the certainty of capacity, the uncertainty of capacity, the mystery of capacity. I want to talk about one word, maybe to the end of this year, because it's that profound. Capacity. Since the pandemic hit, It immediately made conversations about this word. Capacity. You've seen the signs, oh, we're at 15% capacity. We're at 25% capacity. Oh, we're at 50% capacity. Go back to the next day. Oh, we're at 3%. 3% capacity. You said 50 yesterday. Yeah, CDC, they changed their mind. We're at 3% capacity. I'm obsessed. I see it through everything. Some of you, your relationship problems right now, Capacity. Because you keep going to somebody to get something that they don't have the capacity. Why can't you love me the way I need to be loved? They are. They just don't have the... Y'all been watching the Olympics? All right. I'm obsessed with the Olympics right now. I'm watching everybody. I'm watching, I'm watching every time it's on, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I'm watching everybody. First of all, because we have an international family. International family. Our family is very international, okay? I'm Nigerian American. Uh, my wife is Arkansas American. <laughs> and our kids, we found this out, they've been in a lot of sun. They turned Puerto Rican in the sun. <laughs> I'm for everybody this year. But no, every time it's on, no matter what the event is, I watch it. 
Why? It's showing me capacity. I don't care what the event is. I got to see it. Because who knew you could throw a javelin that far? Who knew you could run that fast? Who knew you could do a somersault on a beam this wide? I'm trying not to fall off this stage right now. <laughs> capacity. That's what you're watching on the screen. You're watching capacity. I'm wondering today, have you ever contemplated your capacity? Oh, what you could be. What you could do. What you could do if you weren't afraid. What you could do if you weren't so, weren't so insecure. What you could do if you weren't afraid of failing. Who? Do I want to hit you this soon? Yeah. Um, who you could be if your screen time was your prayer time. Have you ever done that? Have you ever looked at the time and been like, I could have a PhD. Are you sitting now? That much time? Killing your capacity because it's taking your focus. Capacity. 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 Everything in your life has to do with your capacity. Would you just say capacity? Capacity. That's all you got? <laughs> say it one more time. Say capacity. Capacity. Oh, my goodness. Come on, y'all. We've been gone four weeks. <laughs> That's, okay, do me a favor. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to count to three. It's our last time at the high five. Count to three. And with everything you got, I want you to say capacity. Okay? Lose your mind. <laughs> One, two, three. Capacity! I didn't know you was going to get that loud. Oh, I could close the sermon now. Question. Why you didn't say it like that the first time? <laughs> it was in your ability. Your lungs and your diaphragm could have done it. It's because I didn't make a demand. I put a demand. And you expanded your... will never come out of you. Some things will never be heard in the earth until God puts a demand or you put the demand on your... Are you going back to the first time? Until you put the demand on your... It won't come out of you until a demand is placed on you. My spotty senses are going crazy. I got too many illustrations. 
I'm prepping this week, flipping through channels, watching X-Men. <laughs> and it happens in every movie. A little kid doesn't know what's in them. Think you're regular, think you're weird, until something falls off a shelf. <laughs> and they're shocked, and the whole class is too. Because they didn't know what was in them. And it wasn't until the trouble came, it wasn't until the demand came that they got the revelation of the capacity. Keep saying I'm going to read a scripture. This is just my appetizer. The main course coming in a minute. <laughs> capacity. Have you contemplated your capacity? Have you contemplated God's capacity? Wonder what he could do if he had all of you. Wonder what he could do through you. Every Woman of God in here, would you make some noise? Fellas, I'm be honest with you. Fellas, I'm with you. But women personify capacity. Y'all do. Every human, <laughs> every human in the earth came through a woman. Has a capacity. I never forget, I, this is when I found out my wife was a superhero and every woman is a superhero. I never forget this. Y'all good? Never forget this. My daughter had just been born. We had finally got quiet. It's in the middle of the night. I'm laying next to my wife, Taylor, with new parents. All of a sudden, she wakes up. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, what? I'm tired. We in the bed, go to sleep. Oh. I can't. Like, why? Our little baby was in the room. <sighs> She's hungry. <laughs> I I'm like, I literally got up and looked in the crib. And I kid you not, not three seconds after she said, my milk is coming in, my little Eve. I was like, yo, this is, is this voodoo? What is, what is? <laughs> Her body started producing something that there wasn't even a demand for yet. This is why some of you are confused right now because you got all these dreams and you got all these visions and you're going, I can do this and I can do that. And there's not even a demand for the thing that you're already producing on the inside of you, but you've already got the. All my fellas make some noise. <laughs> 
Watch, watch, no, 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 watch. Watch, oh my goodness. <laughs> Fellas, I'm gonna help you in a minute, watch. You see how much shorter? Because <laughs> of capacity. <laughs> no, I'm being for real. Women have more capacity. You give her a house, she'll make it a home. You give her a vision, she'll give you a plan. You give her a word, <laughs> she'll give you the longest story, the long. You heard it, woo! They went on for like five minutes, fellas, that's all I got. to any little boy in here, take him to a playground, kids don't play anymore, put him on a video game. <laughs> whatever he's playing, whatever he's doing, I promise you, I promise you, he'll ask you a question like this. You think I can do this? You think I can do that? If you want to shut it down, just look at him and say, yeah. He'll be like, oh, okay, never mind. But tell him, you can't do that. Oh, you don't? You don't think I can do it? Now step into it. Because, man, we don't want somebody that will limit our challenges. We want somebody that will help us challenge our limits that will show me what is my God wants to increase our churches and yours. Capacity. Capacity. That's why we're going to Gillies. 14 people got turned away last week. They couldn't get in. Did we turn away anybody today? Hallelujah. Capacity. Would you bow your heads? Say, Lord. Please. Help me. Increase. My capacity. You may be seated. Faith puts a demand on the capacity, the unlimited capacity of God. But there's something else that will be a threat to your capacity. And that's what I want to talk about today. All that was in my appetizer. I was gone 31 days. Go, go with me to Mark chapter 6. Go with me to Mark chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 1 through 6. It says, Afterward, Jesus left Capernaum and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. On the Sabbath, he went to teach in the synagogue. And everyone who heard his teaching was overwhelmed with amazement, one version says. This says astonishment. And they said among themselves, what incredible wisdom has been given to him? Where did he receive such profound insights? And what mighty miracles flow through his hands? Isn't this? Oh, here's where it goes downhill. Isn't, is, isn't this Mary's son? The carpenter? The brother of Jacob, Joseph, Judah, and Simon? And, and, and don't, uh, all these are the wrong question. 
And don't his sisters all live here in Nazareth? And they took offense at him. This ain't even part of the message. But you know you'll start to take offense and get offended when you start asking the wrong question. Asking the wrong question will always lead you towards offense. How could they do that to me? How could she do that to me? Can't believe that. Wrong question. Better question. God, how could you be so good to me that you will reveal that she wasn't with me anyway? Oh, thank you. See, how much better do you feel? <laughs> Took offense at them. Jesus said to them, a prophet is treated with honor everywhere except in his own hometown, among his relatives and in his own house. And he was unable to do any, oh, pause. He, being Jesus, was unable. Able. Doesn't even feel right to read it. How can the one who is able be unable? He wasn't able to do any great miracles in Nazareth except to heal a few sick people by laying his hands upon them. And he was amazed at the depth, the depth of their unbelief. And Jesus went out into the different villages and taught the people. It's just an introductory message, so I promise you it won't be long, but we're going to be in it next week at Gillies, again tonight at the Granada. I want to title this first installment of the series, Capacity, The Enemy of Capacity. The Enemy of Capacity. Look at your neighbor, the one you like the best. Just say neighbor. Capacity has an enemy. Look at your other neighbor. Say, other neighbor. Other neighbor. There, is there is an enemy of capacity. It's probably not the best question to ask in church, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> when was the last time you said a cuss word? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. <laughs> no, for real. Was it uh, last year, five years ago? Last week, last month, this morning in the parking lot. When was the last time? <laughs> you know, things happen. Just slip, just slip. Whoa, it's not the fruit of the spirit. Um, <laughs> so I am, uh, no condemnation, because I am fully convinced. I have no scientific evidence to substantiate it. I'm convinced, some of y'all ain't going to like this, that there's a cusser in all of us. <laughs> It just takes the right scenario to bring it out. <laughs> I'm fully convinced of that. Like some of you are mad right now. Y'all religious people are mad right now. You're like, oh my, I would never. <laughs> to you, I would say, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Some of you in here today and you're here, you're like, I have never cussed. To you, I say, do you have kids though? Do, do you have any children, more than one? Because <laughs> I, I, I think that there's certain scenarios and situations that have a way of bringing out things in you that you didn't know were in you. And believe it or not, I think it's healthy. I think it's good for you to see your humanity every once in a while to go, oh wow, God is still working on me. <laughs> now, obviously, you wanna grow and you need to speak life and hope and peace and encouragement, but I'm telling you, I'm convinced that if you haven't yet, the right scenario will pull it out of you, it will. Here's one I was thinking about, especially as it relates to this message on 
Y'all back to the first one again. That's cool. That's cool. This message on. I was thinking that there's nothing that will show you your humanity. Like getting up, getting dressed, putting on multiple outfits, standing in the mirror going, no, not this one, that one. Getting in your car, posting before you go, oh, this is going to be a night. Only to get to a location, to get to an event, and for them to look at you and say, I'm so sorry. We cannot let you in. Excuse me? We are at full if you want to see how much of the fruit of the spirit is in you see how you react in that moment right there when somebody tells you I'm so, I can't you know there's no you are not get, ever had somebody tell you you can't get in in that moment every person has ever rejected you just it just brings those feelings what do you mean I can't get in that's what my daddy did he would never let me into his heart I'm like whoa ain't nobody talking about your daddy I'm just telling you they're gonna call the fire marshal it hits your rejection buttons People don't let you in. And it's not just in secular events. I'm telling you, I, I thought of this. We had an event. Some of the team is here. They remember it. I, I never forget when we were at limited capacity. We were at Granada Theater. We had this incredible worship night with this worship leader. I don't know if you heard of him, Chandler Moore. And he was there. And you don't know this, Chandler, but there, we, we had the worship night, and uh, we had limited capacity. We had to cut it off. And uh, people... Some people, let's say this, some people, they actually stayed outside. We posted it on Instagram. They said, it's cool, it's fine. And they got in a huddle and they started worshiping. They were worshiping. It was actually a supernatural moment. There was a moment they were worshiping and couldn't hear on the inside, but they ended up singing one of the same songs we were worshiping in on the inside. It was a powerful moment. I'll never forget it as long as I live. And that's the moment we posted on Instagram. Look at this group of people who couldn't get in but yet they lifted up their hands to worship. You know what we didn't put on Instagram? It's people who lifted up a hand too, but it wasn't just a hand, it was a finger on a particular hand who could not believe that a church would not let them in. It's not being funny, I can't make this up. There was a person that said, some of us need a miracle. And our team is so awesome, they said, well, can we pray for you right here? No! And then they walked off and went in the car. Man! because we had limited capacity. And those feelings are legit and those feelings are realistic because if you've ever been in that moment, you're looking at the building and you're looking at your body mass index. You're going, like, for, for real? Like, you can't, you can't let, like, just me in? Have you ever even seen those signs that say, like, mac maximum occupancy? Have you ever seen those signs? They have one here, they have to have it on the front, like 650 people. And you're looking at the building and looking at you, like, come on, you can't get more than 650 people in there. I'd probably get 200,000 in there. Y'all ain't got faith. You ever seen one of those? And it's frustrating because it doesn't make sense that that would be the limit of capacity. And the reason that some of you are mad in those moments is because you don't understand the decision of capacity is not predicated upon that person that's telling you they can't get in. There's this thing called building codes. Building codes have a capacity that long before you got there and long before the building got there, they already analyzed what the capacity would be. And the reason they had to do it is because capacity is not just based upon how many people you can get in. They know you can get more than 650. 
building capacities are actually set, not by how many people get in, but rather if there was an emergency, are there enough exits for people to get out? It's not about how many people you can get in a building. It's if there was an emergency, could the people that got in find a safe way to get out? That is why they have the codes. It is upon exit, not entry. Capacity has to do with input and output. Capacity has to do with what's coming in and what's coming out. Y'all missing the message right here. Some of you have said in your life, how come I don't have enough capacity? I just don't have enough capacity. The reason is, is because there's more going out than there is coming in. You haven't filled yourself with the power and the spirit of God. Some of you would change your capacity if you just said, every day I get up before I go on the word. I'm going to bless the name of the Lord. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to make sure that there's enough in me. Capacity is about entry and exit. I wonder if that's why the church is standing at a pause right now when God shut down our buildings and didn't let us get in. And even now, so many churches are like, come back to the building. Come back to the building. Come back. As if Jesus died on the cross to get people in the building. Get it twisted. I'm a pastor. I want you to come in the building. But that is not the mission of the church just to get them in the building. The mission of the church is to reach people wherever they are. But we have so reduced what God can do just to a building that you don't realize that God could do something in the coffee shop. That God can start a revival at North Park Mall. That God can start a revival at your job. That God could use you in any space and place that he puts you in. It's not just about you coming in. Now, what are you going to do when you get out? It's interesting to me that every building code that you see, it actually was birthed out of tragedy. It blew my mind to see this. First tragedy in 1940 in Atlanta, there was a hotel, 15 stories, no elevator, one stairway. They thought the building was fireproof. Fire broke out. All of a sudden, that one stairway became a chimney to a massive fire. People were jumping out of the windows to find freedom. And they realized, we have to put a code for capacity. There's another one happened in Boston. It's a fire. People rushed out of the building, and the hinges on the doors opened in instead of out. So when the fire broke out, everybody rushed to the door and they couldn't open it. 491 people died. And to this day, every exit on every single building, the exit door must swing out. Isn't that crazy? That you could be in an emergency and go to a mechanism for escape and it keeps you trapped in. So they said, we gotta put in a code because there were casualties of capacity. It's actually the trick of the enemy. The enemy actually wants you to run to something as an escape because you said, I can't handle the capacity. But he wants you to run to the thing that will actually put you in more captivity. It's all the way from the book of Genesis. This blew my mind. I never saw this before. I didn't realize that the old trick of the enemy, the ideology 
the insidious ideology that he got in the mind of Adam and Eve is that God is limiting your capacity. They said, we can't eat of that tree. He told us not to. They knew the word. They've been in Sunday school. We can't eat of that tree. He told us not to. We're going to die. What was Satan's response? You're not going to die. He just knows if you eat of it, you'll be just like him. All of a sudden, for the first time in humanity, they said, God's not good. He's bad because he's trying to limit my capacity. He's trying to stop me from being all that I can be, not knowing that you already were everything you could be. I'm wondering today, are you running to something, hoping it will increase your capacity, but it's put you in captivity? God is trying to show you that your disobedience is destroying your capacity. And the only freedom you'll ever experience is when you are connected to him. This is why he showed up on planet Earth for the greatest rescue mission ever is to let people know, I know sin came to destroy and limit your capacity, but I'm putting on human skin. I am limiting my God capacity to one body so that you can have freedom, so that you can be set free and not just free, but free indeed. This is why he said, I've come. The spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim the gospel to the poor to preach liberty what to the captives he said if you've ever been captive that's what I showed up for to show you the fullness to show you the dimensions to show you the scope of your capacity that's why he showed up on planet earth he said I'm going to release you into your full capacity y'all good so this is what I really want us to look at over these next few weeks here's a question I want us to ask what is your capacity? What is your capacity? We are going to dissect that question for the next few weeks. What's your capacity? Can I actually answer that question for you? You don't know. You don't know your capacity. You don't have a clue what God would do through you. Let's define capacity. Let's define it. One definition of capacity is that capacity is the maximum amount of something can contain. Another definition says the amount that something can produce. Another definition is what you're capable of handling. Those are great definitions of capacity. But you know my favorite definition of capacity? It's Master P's. You know Master P, the No Limit Soldier. Not the one that wrote the music, the one that wrote the, the epistles. Come on, Paul, Master P, that's what I call him. Look, look how he defines capacity. Now, to him who is able, y'all not going to help me preach today, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We started off the year 
That's Ephesians 3, 20, 21. We started off the year saying that is our verse for the year. That there's no cap. There's no limit to what God can do. I know you have natural capabilities, but what would those capabilities go to if God could do something through you? What's your capacity? You don't know what your capacity is. You don't know what God wants to do. What, what's your capacity? Let me see something here. Let me see. Where's my, where's my thing? Where's my little, where's my little, my little thing thing? Where's my little, my little, yeah, give me that. What's your capacity? What is your capacity? If every building has like a maximum occupancy sticker on it, like what, what would yours be? What would yours be? What's your capacity? You don't know. Like, 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 my man right here, what's your name? What's your name? Eve. Eve. Eve, what's your capacity? What's your capacity? You don't know. You don't know your capacity, Eve. Eve, what's your, I hate to ask you this question. Can I ask you? Eve, what do you do? Sports agent. Sports agent. That's awesome. By the way, can I just teach a little bit right here? Can we stop asking people that question? That's a terrible question. How many of this is your church? Is this your church? Can I see your hand? Is this your church? Is this your church? Okay. Can we make a commitment at social church to stop asking people that limiting question? I, I was 16 years on a plane. What do you know? Hadn't even sat down. Well, what do you do? Dumb limiting question. It's limiting. Sports agent. Let's put that on. You know how limiting that question is? Sports agent. It's so limiting. Let me give you better questions. Here's a question. Eve, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? You don't have to answer. I'm just giving them examples of a good question. He was like, oh, snap, bro. I just woke up, man. Come on. <laughs> Eve, what's something that you believe now that you didn't believe before? That's like good, good questions that open up something. Spartation. Is that it, Eve? Now I got to sit on the plane with you talk about sports all day, the whole flight, that's it? Come up here. Sports agent. But this is how life works. We ask people what they do, and it limits conversation for human interaction. And it also reinforces this ideology that I am what I do. So no matter who tells you, you're not a human, you're, not a, you're a human being, not a human doing. Well, quit asking me what I do then. <laughs> sports agent. Is that it? That's all we're going to define them by? That's the label? That's the limit? Sports agent? You don't know your capacity. Some of you right now have put a label on you or somebody's put it on for you. And you are limiting your capacity by that label because every label limits. Sport, that's it? You cook, Eve? You do. You cook good? Real good, she said real good. Give me that bag, give me that bag. Sports agent. 
culinary expert. You got any kids? No. That's your wife? Do you want to have kids? Incredible father. Of 15. I'm just saying, some stuff you don't even know. It hadn't even come to pass yet. And you're going to limit it. You can take that. Oh, no, one more. Has anybody, like, made you real mad lately? Like, just done you wrong? Maybe a few years ago. Yeah. You think of that face? What you gonna do about it? Punch them. They hurt you bad. It was their fault too, right? Always is. This last one. Sports agent, culinary expert, credible father of 15. A forgiver. Forgiver. You gonna take it? They did you wrong. He said it here. He said, I can forgive. Some of you right now have wounded. You keep playing the event over and over. And God would make you the greatest forgiver. The greater the depth of pain, the greater the opportunity for forgiveness. Do we need an example? The only person who truly was innocent and did nothing. And yet he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If God did not count your sins against you what right do you have as a believer to hold anything against anybody else quit saying you can't that's a limit on the label and I'm just saying all of us have labels that limit us I have some you know what mine is? Spartagian? <laughs> you can sit down. Thank you. Here's mine. Here's mine. Man, my handwriting is bad. What is it? This texting is destroying my handwriting. <laughs> Here's my preacher. Preacher. Is that it? That's why I said quit asking people what they do. For 16 years being on a plane, and sometimes they'll insert it mid-conversation. And so I'm talking to you. you dropping every cuss word that ever comes to your mind. And then in the middle, what do you do? <laughs> it's a life insurance. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I'm a preacher. 
Oh, man, my bad. You know, God never put more on you than you can bear, man. You know, I woke up this morning. I was reading a book of Job yesterday. Hey, bro, come on, man. <laughs> Conversation gets limited. Because that's all you see me as? Preacher. That's it? This is what I got to live my life by? That's it? That's what I do. I'm called to it. I'm comfortable. But that's it? No, I refuse. You see our video, July at the High Five? Video producer. I know how I'll do it at 6 p.m., worship leader. <laughs> Songwriter, come on. Fashion icon, I mean, my goodness. Why not? Why not? That's why people even criticize and say stuff. I've been loving fashion before I was a preacher. Now I preach, I gotta give that up. Cause I preach. You got sneakers? I preach as a snake. What? I can't like sneakers? <laughs> oh, you can though. Cause you a plumber, but I can't. This is crazy. I'm more than this. There's some stuff I haven't even seen yet. I don't know what's in me. You don't know what's in you. You don't know your capacity. And on this first sermon in the series, I just want to tell somebody, some of you need a new label altogether. Because you keep putting stupid somebody else's name who did you wrong. And some of you you got good stuff on the label, but you put a period. And God told me to tell you to put some commas. Because you don't know your capacity. They did it to Jesus. Did you see it in the text? I wish I had time to dissect it. Are y'all bored? They did it to Jesus. Here he is. It's his homecoming. It's his homecoming. He pulls up on Nazareth, his hometown. Born in Bethlehem, was a refugee in Egypt. Raised in Nazareth, this little bitty town, this little nothing town. Thinking of a nothing town, El Dorado, Arkansas, just a little small town. <laughs> a little small town, not nothing Massive. And for 30 years, you got to catch this, never revealed his glory. It blows my mind that you're the son of the living God and you're sitting up at recess playing hopscotch going, I created this little dude. <laughs> I'm, we have no record at least. He wasn't doing miracles. 30 years. Anonymity. 30 years. Confident in who he was, but didn't have to post about it. 30 years. And all of a sudden, after John points at him in the water, turns up on miracles. But he's in other cities. 
And now he's got people in his little hometown of Nazareth reading the paper going, is that, is that Jesus? What? He got a blue check? What in the world? He was sat by him in class. What? <laughs> Heard about his miracles. And he comes back into town, his hometown, one day. And you know, he's, you know they had, they already heard the miracles. The place where he turned the water into wine, Cana, is like 10 miles up the road. They already heard it. And here he comes, he's like, oh, I don't want to be extra. They, it's low key. They didn't know I had this in me, and I'm now I'm revealing it. And he walks into Nazareth, and he got an entourage of 12 dudes, like, following him. <laughs> this is the climate. Walks into synagogue, and they've never heard anybody teach like this. And they could have received... But they said, wait a minute, hola, aren't you the carpenter? They knew Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. That'll hit you when you get home. They knew Jesus of Nazareth. They didn't know Jesus, the son of God. And they couldn't comprehend it. They said something, and I won't spend too much time unpacking it. That was intriguing too. They said, isn't this the carpenter? And don't we know his brothers and sisters? And isn't this Mary's son? Mary's son? Any Jewish person will tell you in that time period, you never defined yourself as your mother's son. Remember the Gospels, Matthew chapter 1, that part you skipped where Abraham begat so-and-so was the father of so-and-so was the father of so-and-so, baby daddy after baby daddy. Remember that? That's genealogy. It doesn't say the mother. You define who you are, son of Robert Madu, the first. Not son of Evelyn. Why in a Jewish context, in a misogynistic context, is he called Mary's son? It's a small town. And 30 years plus later, in that small town, they still won't call him Joseph's son, because they remembered that Mary was the girl who said Jesus was birthed by God. This happened by God. And so they knew in that culture and in that little city, that ain't Joseph's, that's Mary's. Some of you right now, the greatest limit is the rumors and what they're saying about you. And you're letting it limit you instead of being confident in who you are in Christ. They called him Mary's son. The Bible says he could do no mighty work except heal a few sick people. I'm running out of time, so let me just give you what the enemy of capacity is. You want to know the enemy of capacity? I thought it was unbelief. Because that's what he said. He marveled at the depth of their unbelief. But unbelief was the byproduct of something else. The enemy of capacity is familiarity. They were too familiar with Jesus of Nazareth. They missed the miracle of Jesus, the son of the living God. And anytime you become too familiar with something, it will lead you down the road of unbelief and you will cap what God wants to do.
Anytime you become too familiar with your weakness instead of Christ's power in you, it's going to cap what he can do. Familiarity is the enemy capacity. Some of you are so familiar with who you are now that you can't even open up your eyes to see the capacity that is in you to be something else, to be more. Worship team, join me. What's your capacity? Can you put that question back up? What's your capacity? What's your capacity? What's your capacity? You don't know. You don't have a clue what God would do in you and through you. You don't know. You know one of the things that keeps me up, especially as a parent, what makes me stare at my kids awkwardly? Is I don't know. I don't know what I have. I told him on the team night the other day, my youngest Remy, we are in the house and a miracle was happening. It was quiet. She's playing with her Barbies, singing. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. Wait, I say, and I kid you not, Pastor Taylor's a witness. And she goes, wait on the Lord, he will renew your strength. Hits this note, I run out of the room, Taylor goes, we go, Remy, on key. And she looks like, what? <laughs> I said, do it again. I said, do what? I said, say what you just saying. <laughs> she said, I, what? Then I'll never get it. She smiles, she goes. Can I sing? I say, yes, you can. I don't know what I have. She doesn't know. I'm trying to figure out what do I do with it? That's my job as a parent. To see. Would Venus and Serena have been Venus and Serena if not for Richard Williams? Would Tiger Woods have been Tiger if Earl Woods wouldn't have put a golf club in his hand at four weeks? I don't know what I have. Same week, my little daughter Evie, my oldest, she's in the car. She loves to draw. She loves art. But she loves people too. Takes after her mother. She's compassionate. She said in the car, I ain't lying. This ain't preacher making up story. She said, Daddy, should I be a nurse or should I be an artist? And I said to her, quick too. Both. 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 Actually, I said both because I wanted to be articulate. It's crazy. She's six. She's six. She is six. And she said, I can't do both. And I said, who told you that? I said, yes, you can. Because you don't know. 
is they watch this later. Let me talk about all of them. My son. <laughs> little Puerto Rican, little Ricky Martin. <laughs> Last summer, that boy was so scared of water. Oh, my goodness. He just on the side. Wouldn't get in. His sister just doing backstrokes. He's like, mm -mm, sandals on. I was like, that's me. That's me. That's me in him. <laughs> Scared of water. This summer, can't get them out. Can't get them out. Thank y'all for letting us get some rest. We're in Newport at the hotel. He's swimming in the pool. Hours. This boy did a little Michael Phelps move. I said, hold up. Do I need to get a coach? We could get the gold. I want to do my part. Does he have it? I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? saying you don't have a clue let me bring it closer to home you want to know why we're going to Gillies not because the high fire isn't beautiful my goodness look at these lights you're going to see when we get to Gillies a little <laughs> don't tell my heart it was we... <laughs> it's cool it's cool I got some wranglers I've been trying to pull out I'm cool Why are we going? Capacity. Because we don't know. We don't know. Can I take you down memory lane? Social Dallas started as social night. June of 2019. We emphatically told people this ain't a church, this a gathering. We met once a month starting June of 2019 at the Granada Theater. We didn't know who was even going to show up that first night. I'll never forget it. We did it the next month and the next month. It was so good in 2019 doing once a month. We said, man, what would happen if we did it every week? So 2020, we started. He said, well, we should call it not just social night. Let's call it social Dallas. Then we started meeting every single week. Still being clear, this is not a church. This is a gathering. <laughs> I preach churches in the morning, come back, preach a social at night. We didn't know. We did it January 2020, back up. <laughs> we did it February 2020. Did it March 2020. And right about March, you start seeing on the news, uh, COVID-19. Remember when you called it that? He was so proper. COVID-19. We didn't know what would happen. We were scared. Felt like the bottom fell out. I went through one of the deepest seasons of depression of my life. But felt a pull and a call to stay faithful. I said, we started this thing called Social Dallas and everybody's online, but we ain't got no camera. So he said, let's get one and put that picture up. That's me, 2020 preaching in my library, in my little study. Guess who the behind the camera? You can't see her, Pastor Taylor. Killing it, killing it. I think we had like what six people watching. Just trying to be faithful. We didn't know. Didn't know. That's 
thing about when you don't know your capacity. You got to keep doing it and still wrestle with the enemy in your mind telling you you're so stupid. Look at you. You what you think you somebody. You preaching in your house. Your wife's the camera person. There'll be angles. You see my sneakers on the floor. Just, just all the thoughts. But still doing it. Then, saw a little hope in September. Open back up. All the way up to this year, 2021, at the Hafa on Easter Sunday, we were loud, had confetti right here and right here. We are church! Let everybody know. We didn't know. We thought we were going to be here at the Hafa just for Easter. Am I telling the truth? We didn't know we were going to come every week, Sunday morning. We said, well, let's try. We didn't know our capacity this is how it is with walking with God capacity is not a destination capacity is a journey and you got to keep taking steps of faith even when you don't have the evidence to substantiate around you Jesus knew he was the son of God and yes Nazareth couldn't get the miracle but that didn't stop him from knowing who he was they were telling him don't forget where you came from and Jesus was internally saying I can't forget where I came from you think I'm from Nazareth but I'm not I came from heaven to earth and put on human skin so I can set you free and show you the dimensions of your capacity my capacity in you and through you you don't know we did high five we've done it all the way up to this point but next Sunday we're going to Gilly and there's plenty of space we ain't turning nobody away Y'all clapping, you better show up next Sunday. (laughs) But even if you don't, I'm going to keep preaching. Can I be honest? It's the only way I know how to be. Even when we booked it and signed the contract and I know how big the room is, my initial thought was, what if people don't come? got all this space and no people and I had to fight that thought down say what if it's not enough space even at Gillies you don't know you don't know what if Gillies not enough what if after Gillies we got to go to the American Airlines you I wish I had somebody have some faith what if that's not enough what if we got to go to the AT&T Stadium and the Cowboys win the Super Bowl and when they do a dance in the end zone, we say, yeah, that's where we have church. Oh, that's where we say, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. I'm trying to tell you that you don't have a clue what God can do. Increase your capacity. Hallelujah. You don't know. And stop giving up because it doesn't happen in 24 hours. Stop walking away because God didn't do it like Amazon Prime. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. And you'll see where God will take it. Let him determine the scope. But you just say, God, here I am. Use me. Increase my capacity. Somebody say capacity. 
Put it on the screen capacity. Put it on the screen capacity. Capacity. You know what Nazareth teaches to us? Nazareth is a city. And they're teaching us a lesson. They're teaching us the enemy of capacity. Which isn't just unbelief. It's familiarity that will lead you to unbelief. But Nazareth teaches a lesson. They're a city that teaches us a lesson of capacity. Capacity. Oh, they're a city. Nazareth teaches us, put it up, that you can cap city if you don't have faith to believe from her. I refuse to cap what God can do in Dallas because I didn't have enough faith to believe him for more. I refuse to cap a city. Put social Dallas up there. I refuse to cap a city. Matter of fact, am I capping the city just by saying social Dallas? Anybody got some faith? Can I just put this in the atmosphere? What if he doesn't want to just cap a city? He wants us to go beyond social Dallas. What if there was a social SoCal? What if there was... A social Vegas? What if there was a social DC? What if there was a Sony? Hold on, pause. Go back. Go back. Go back to Sony. That ain't the TV symbol. What if there's a social New York? You know people be trying to make up little names. You don't know? What if there was a social Nashville and we called it so Nash? Oh no! Keep going. What if there was a social Hawaii? I'm leaving for a month, next month. Social London. What if you don't know? Social Tokyo, you don't know? Hold on, pause. I want to cap a city. I want to cap a country. What if there was a social Nigeria? And I went back to the very place that my father was born and preached the gospel in a stadium in Lagos. I'm gonna put it out there, cause you don't know. Oh no! You don't know? Holly, where you at? Holly, can you come here? Could you come over here? I just need you to do one thing. I want to embarrass you, Holly. I said social Nigeria. What if there was a social Sydney? Yes! Say Australia. What if there was a social Australia? Yes! I don't know. Sounds better when you say it. Just trying to let you know. You don't know your capacity. Some of you are pushing off the demand that's on your life. You're pushing away the very thing that's increasing your capacity. Some of you learned how to pray in 2020. Some of you for the first time got a worship that was for real in 2020. You ought to thank God for it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I did what you told me to do. I preached what you told me to preach. So, Father, I thank you for every person that's here today. 
thank you that you are going over these next few weeks, not just in their life, but in our church. You're increasing our capacity. God, do not let us settle for less. Oh, God, don't let us be Nazareth. We don't want to cap a city. God, there is no cap. Don't let us be Nazareth. Let us be the city that you came from before you went to Nazareth. Capernaum. Where a woman who was so desperate pressed her way through a crowd. She touched the hem of your garment. Who? Who knew that your garment could heal? Not just your hands. Who knew? She did. Because our faith put a demand on your capacity. Who knew? Except for a centurion who said, Jesus, you don't even got to come to my house for healing to occur. Speak a word. Who knew? But his faith put a demand. He said at the beginning of this year, before we knew we would be in Hi-Fi or Gillies, we say it again, this is the year of no cap. Start with us. Heads about eyes are closed if you're in here today and you know. You put a cap, you put a limit on what God could do in you and through you. Some of you have done it through the labels you've put on yourself. Some of you have done it through the labels other people have put on you. Some of you has happened through circumstances and situations where you stepped out. You really did. You stepped out in faith, but because it didn't happen on your timetable, now you've walked away and you've convinced yourself that it wasn't the will of God. God's saying, no. Your faith has got to put a demand on the unlimited capacity of God. But your familiarity will always be the cap and the enemy of it. If you think who you are right now is is all that God has called you to be. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm looking for those who be honest enough to say today, man, Pastor Robert, I've been putting a limit I've been creating the cap instead of making the demand on the capacity. And today's a new day for me. I'm going to walk in the fullness of my capacity. That's you. Would you just lift up your hand as a sign to say, Lord, today, today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hands going up all over this place today. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Every hand that you see. Oh, God, I pray you blow our minds over these next few weeks. Pray you would blow their mind, God. That they don't even know. They don't have a clue. God, our faith will put a demand on your unlimited capacity. Help us to see that whatever the dream is, it's too small. You can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. And God, I know people say it a lot in church, but Lord, I pray today you would also give us the strength and the fortitude 
do not compare our capacity to somebody else's. Oh God, I feel that. Give us the confidence in you to not compare our capacity to anybody else, but to let you define the scope of our capacity. Let us take care of the depth of character that can sustain the capacity. In Jesus' name. Head still bowed, eyes still closed. I'm going to do this and I promise you I'm going to let you go eat. If you're here today and you've never taken that first step, which is to say, Jesus, my life is yours. Today is your day. I felt it so strongly earlier that today was a last call. I'm not trying to say something's going to happen, but I'm just saying that today for somebody is vital as it relates to how God has been trying to get your attention. I'm saying you were even fought coming here today, and now that you're here, God's saying, surrender, surrender to me. Heads about, eyes are closed if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus or maybe you were walking with him and your heart's gotten cold and today you say I'm coming back home, I'm coming back home we say it all the time, you can always come back home always, you don't have to get yourself together you ain't got to learn and memorize the entire Bible, today you can come home if that's you, would you just lift up your hand high enough, long enough to where I can see it, if you're saying today's the day I'm giving you my life Jesus, I'm giving you my life today, yeah, yeah I see that hand, thank you God See those hands. Thank you, Jesus. All over this place, even in the back, in the balcony. Oh my goodness, I'm telling you, this is this is this is why we're here. This is this is a big deal. Those of you who lift up your hand, or if you should have, I do not want to embarrass you. I know the space is tight, but there's just something powerful about leaving where you are and going to a new place. I'm just gonna ask you if you'd be so bold and brave just to get out of your seat, just come right here at the front. Just come here to the front. I don't care what steps you got to walk down. I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it because today is a new day. Today is a new day. With each step that you walk, you're stepping in to the newness, to the wholeness that you didn't have to provide for yourself, that Jesus, by his precious blood, paid the price for you. Come on, I wish I had somebody that would celebrate every single person that's saying, today's my day, today's my day. I was made for more than this. Where I'm living is not my full capacity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Anybody else? Come on. This is changing somebody's destiny. This is changing the legacy of children today. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else say today's the day? Jesus, coming home. Coming home. You don't have to get yourself together to come to him. You come just as you are. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website, socialdallas.online, and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world. Remember, when you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to being social.